Hi there. Thank you for connecting with me and subscribing to the Living the Sky Life podcast. I'm a very tired and oftentimes overwhelmed autism warrior mom who has navigated the ups and downs of this puzzling disorder for 16 years and counting. My hope when creating this podcast was that it would serve as a vessel for connecting families with special needs children so we may share experiences and resources. But even more importantly, I want to create a community of support for one another through the tough times, which we know there can be many, and to celebrate the achievement of milestones, big and small, of our amazing kids. So thanks again for joining me on this journey and for tuning in for this episode of Living the Sky Life. Today's episode of the podcast is another couple's uh, edition. Josh and I are talking with Brad and Jamie Caserta. Um, Brad works with Josh, and as soon as they met, they had an instant connection as far as our sons are concerned. Um, Gavin is a lot like Skylar. Um, he is 12 years old and was diagnosed with cerebral palsy and autism at the ages of eight months and three years old, respectively. Um, Brad and Jamie actually met in 2015 and married in 2018, and Brad became the proud stepfather of three wonderful boys. Gavin, as I mentioned, is 12, Jaden is 9, and Kanan is 7. Their family is very active and on the go, but one of the things they make sure to do is to make is to make sure that everyone is included and that they take a little extra planning to modify and accommodate everyone's needs. So please take a listen to my episode with Brad and Jamie Caserta. So today is another couples episode of the podcast. Josh is with me and we're talking to Brad and Jamie Caserta. Um, they live in West Virginia and Brad works with Josh actually um, for the same company. And we have so many things in common. So I have lots, lots of questions and lots to talk about with them today. So welcome to the podcast, you guys. Thank you. We're excited to be here. Fantastic. Um, I want to kind of start with um, Jamie, actually. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about your son, Gavin, who is on the spectrum and also was diagnosed with CP. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And um, kind of, he's the oldest of your three boys, correct? He is, yeah. So how did the diagnosis, the dual diagnosis, I guess, happen with Gavin? Was he very small or was he um, three to four years old before you started to kind of know some of the things? He was about eight months old. Um, just so happened, both of my sisters were pregnant at the same time. So we all three had um, kids. Gavin was born in April. And my, one of my nieces was born in August and my other niece was born in October. So kind of when they started hitting milestones and doing things way before he would ever even attempt things I kind of knew something was going on mm -hmm. I mean I was a baby I was 19 had no idea no direction um and doctors just kept saying oh boys are delayed oh yep. boys, are, boys are globally delayed um so I just kept getting you know this same answer that wasn't enough because even if he was delayed at, you know, six months, he should have at least been able to roll over and he couldn't. So at about eight months old, we really just decided we were going to go to a doctor until someone told us something. Mm -hmm. And they finally um, gave us the CP diagnosis. And, but she literally looked at me and said, if I had to line up all his diet or all his symptoms to a diagnosis, this is where it would fit. 
I'm going to go ahead and give you this diagnosis because if I don't, you can't get any assistance. Right. Um, so that's kind of where it started. And then, you know, he started receiving birth to three services and all that. So when he transitioned from birth to three into early preschool, they went and did, you know, all the psychological testing and all that kind of things. And that's when the autism diagnosis kind of first appeared, I guess. So, mm -hmm. you know, early three year old. Um, at that time, he still really wasn't sitting up independently. Um, he was still like a newborn. So we, that's kind of when we started to get into that water and try to figure out, you know, what's the next step? Where do we go from here? Um, so it, it's been a long, it's been a long road and he's finally able to do some things that we never thought would ever be possible. Um, it's just a learning experience every day. Were a lot of the therapies that they recommended, were they kind of focusing more on the cerebral palsy, like the, the PT and the OT aspects? Um, or were they, I mean, a lot of those things probably go hand in hand as you would yeah. treat autism as you would cerebral palsy, so. I think the PT probably focused more on the CP stuff just because he's so low toned. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just meeting the milestone of sitting up independently without, you know, pillows and stuff propping him up was a huge ordeal. Um, speech was also kind of focused a lot on the CP as well because um, his muscle tone around his mouth and things was very low. It's still very low, like the lip closure and all that kind of stuff. Um, now the OT, I felt like focused a lot more on the, you know, the autism diagnosis, whereas the sensory, you know, processing stuff and trying to get him to be um, able to adapt with different things that was kind of thrown his way. For the longest time, he couldn't handle any type of noise. So, you know, he's nonverbal, so he would just scream and scream, scream. So that was a, a huge obstacle to kind of overcome because it was just trial and error. You, you didn't know what was gonna help or fix. And um, when he was three years old in early preschool, his aide, would literally put him in the stroller and walk him around the track for eight hours because that's the only thing that would soothe him. Um, so, you know, the therapies kind of definitely went hand in hand, but I mean, I think it's more so just trying to figure out what, what works for Gavin. And, you know, that's a hard task in itself. Mm -hmm. So if he, he was what, three years old when you had, is it Jaden? That's the nine-year-old? Uh, yes. And. So, oh, go ahead. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, um, that was an obstacle in itself because he didn't sleep ever. Gavin didn't sleep. Jaden didn't sleep. Gavin <laughs> oh, cried. no. Jaden <laughs> Um, I was in college. Uh, you know, it was just like the trifecta of I'm going to lose my mind. Mm -hmm. um, you know, at that time I lived back home and, you know, some family was involved and Gavin's dad's family was involved. So that did help some. Um, but it was, it was probably the most terrifying thing to decide to have another kid. Yep. Because I, I did not know if I could handle two kids with such severe disabilities like i didn't know what that would look like mm -hmm. 
I remember panicking being um, pregnant with my daughter and Skylar and Kendall are two years apart, but just all the fear went through my mind, even during the delivery. Like, I can't, I can't start over. I can't do this again with another child that doesn't sleep, that needs every single ounce of my attention. How do I have enough to give to both of them? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a stressful, <laughs> stressful thought. I mean, I'm, I'm blessed and I'm glad that she's healthy and happy and, um, you know, thriving and that I don't need to do every single thing for her. But it's a concern that a lot of parents have that have a special needs child, especially their first one of having kids after that. So, um, so you have three boys. <laughs> so Kanan came along and you oh, just and he piled was, it on. <laughs> yeah, well, and he was a surprise. So, um, you know, Jaden was planned. Kanan by no means was. Um, so I had a really hard time accepting that pregnancy because uh, at that point I was in grad school and I was teaching full-time in special education. So I had Gavin, oh Jaden as a toddler, pregnant with Kanan, in grad school, teaching full-time, trying to navigate life. And I, I couldn't come to terms with that pregnancy for a long time. Um, I couldn't imagine life without him now because he's probably the easiest one we got. But it was, you know, when I finally did come to terms, I was like, okay, this, this is happening. There's nothing I can do about it. Um, I found out he was a boy. Well, then I lost it all again because the doctors from day one have told us that the likelihood of something going, you know, wrong was greater in boys versus girls. Right. So then I just lost it all over again and um, was very disconnected from the pregnancy with Canaan until he, you know, was here. And then that changed everything, but, um, it's a tough, it's a tough road to go on when you don't, you know, not, you don't know. It's the unknown of, you know, if it can happen once it can happen again. And Mm -hmm. how do you, you know, how do I work a full-time job? How do I finish school if Canaan comes out and there's some issues? So, um, thankful and blessed that, you know, they're not, and, and Gavin is just Gavin and we navigate him daily and, Jaden and Kanan are now at the age where they can help a lot and you know they're they're great with Gavin and so we're you know we're blessed in that aspect but it's scary. I think, I think that is the blessing too is that you know it's scary going into it but now Gavin has these amazing brothers that will always look out for him and they can teach him things and help you guys out. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, can you imagine if you didn't have them and you just had Gavin, how Uh, lonely that would be for all of you guys. So so that has a plan. (laughs) It's so funny because people will ask Jaden all the time, were you the oldest? And he'll say, well, not really, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Kendall says too. She's the older little sister is what we always call her. Really, but yeah, you know, and he'll always say, you know, my dad has, or my brother has special needs, and he's very quick to explain and tell people that before anybody ever asks questions. And I don't know if that's just how he he copes with it and manages it, um, but he's very quick to be like, yes, my brother has special needs. He's but, pr- he's very protective. <laughs> so, so then, um, so your boys were eight, five, and three, and brad came into the picture right (laughs) yeah so how did all that transpire because your story again is so similar to josh and mine um in meeting when i had two children and one with special needs and you find this guy who's like yeah i'm all in 
<laughs> and you're it's just yeah. questioning like, really wait to like live 24 hours of this and you'll run fast. I'm sure you thought that same thing, right? Well, I, I mean, you know, I was with the boys dad, um, for 13 years. So when I, we finally decided this just wasn't our, our path anymore, I had already kind of came with, came to terms that Jamie, you're, <laughs> you're on your own from here on out. Like this mm -hmm. is, no one is going to willingly come in and do this because if the roles were reversed, I don't know that I could have been woman enough to take on something as chaotic as what I was coming with. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we just kind of met out of accident really through a mutual friend and it just happened so quick. I, I truly don't even really know. Like I, we met in, you know, in the summertime and by the fall, it was a lot more serious than I ever thought it would be. So I packed my boys up and start blind bidding on jobs in Cabell County. Cause you know, I, I live in Mingo County, which is two hours from here. That's the only place I'd ever lived my entire life. It's the only support group I had ever had, the only people my boys ever knew. So I was like, okay, we're gonna do this. We're going, <laughs> we're gonna pack it up and we're gonna move. And we're not gonna look back. So I found an apartment on Craigslist, never even went and seen it, packed my stuff up, packed my boys up, got a job in Cabell County, and here we are five years later. So, in a new home. <laughs> yeah. So it was very um, I don't know. Like I truly, I just think it had to have been God leading me to mm -hmm. know that like I was strong enough to do this because when I tell you I knew no one but Brad and we weren't even moving in together like I was like I'm not gonna move my kids down here and move straight in with this guy that really hasn't had any true one-on-one -on -one, like real experience yeah. with boys you know yeah um, so we moved and like it was crazy because I moved into a different county so my boys were going to a school in a different county than what I was teaching in. So, which means spring breaks were different. Um, snow days were different and it was just me. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, just navigating all of that right. was insane. Um, I don't know, like it was, I'd already physically prepared myself mentally, everything that, you know, Brad's going to be a fun time and he's going to be, great for every other weekend when my boys go to their dads but <laughs> yep <laughs> no, you know what I mean like nobody is really going to do this you know like this is crazy nobody wants this like my kids are little you know Gavin's a whole another story um you know Cam was three like hadn't even turned three yet he was a baby baby and um I'm like you're insane like just wait like doesn't it feel it doesn't feel like now that that you guys have known each other for 20 years. I mean, at least that's what it feels like with Josh. It, it really, like you said, it went so quickly, but it feels like they've always been here. And I, I mean, I'm sure your boys are similar, but my kids listen to him more than they do me. I mean, they, they definitely do what he says and not what I say. Oh yeah. Gavin, Gavin and Brad have a, a very um, strong relationship. Like Gavin, will be in a better mood when brad is around like he is very he loves men so if there's 20 people in the room and i'm 
he doesn't know anybody but me, but they're all men. He's going to go to them before he goes to me. Yep. That's the same way. That's how he's always been. So, you know, now him and Brad and Jaden will butt heads some, but I think that that's just their relationship. Like, because Brad coaches everything that Jaden does. And Mm -hmm. so they have it. They have, they have a great relationship. It's just, it's a different one. But now Kanan, like Kanan doesn't know the world. You know, Jaden knew a different world before Brad came into it because mm-hmm. he was old enough to know. Kanan doesn't know a different world. Like Kanan thinks Braddy's is Braddy. And, and that's just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. it's just, um, if Brad goes down the road, Kanan's in the seat beside of him. So yep. it's, it's, it's so interesting to see their each relationships and how they've kind of developed mm-hmm. um but no I mean like we'll look and be like man this really only been five years like there's no way it's only <laughs> feels like 50 well um so uh I'll I'll turn it over to Brad and Josh I mean from your perspective meeting Jamie and me um you know with a special needs child with baggage as we probably call it um just a lot why were you guys so invested I mean Brad we can start with you what what was the the pull to Jamie and these amazing kids yeah so there's no doubt the beginning of the relationship started with Jamie and and you know the attraction and and bond that we we shared so quickly was was really nice um and then, but but I, I gave it some time before I wanted to meet the kids. I, I was pretty intimidated with coming in and, and seeing the kids, no doubt about it. Like, I can't act like in the beginning I was, oh, yeah, I'm going to go be dad to three kids. That's that's what my, <laughs> my you know, that's, that's not the first thing that it popped in my head. But, you know, we got to a point where I knew it was serious with Jamie and I. I had no hesitation with with taking kids in. I, I had a lot of fears and, and, and a lot of concerns. I like the first time meeting Gavin, you know, my experience with special needs is volunteering for the Special Olympics in high school and volunteering for, for some special education classes in high school where I went in and helped out with some of the students. And so, so I had a, a, a very, very small base or understanding of, of what a special needs kid is, what, what they do, how they communicate. But I wasn't a parent to one of those. I went home after the school was over. After they did their events, I went home and and it wasn't life. So meeting Gavin was one of those, one of those learning moments for me. Like, can I hug him? Is it going to hurt him? Um, if I tell him no, is he going to listen? Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and he was still, he's in a diaper. I've never changed a diaper in my life. And mm-hmm. a 12 <laughs> a year old uh, poop is different than a, a six year old. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 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 Five years later, he still struggles with it. <laughs> so, so it's, it's still, it's I'm still a work in process for myself. I, I, uh, it's it, it's, but it's fun. Uh, meeting Gavin gave me an opportunity spiritually to meet someone that I truly look at as God put him on this earth. I, I, when I told Jamie early on, and I mean it to this day, you know, you know, Gavin is kind of like a walking angel to me. He's he's so authentic. He never tells a lie. I'd love to know what's going on in his head. You know, Gavin, uh, Gavin's the same but different than our two boys. Jaden and Kanan, they'll give me a fake hug. Like, they'll give me a hurry up and a sugar and a hug to get out the door and go outside and play. 
Gavin, when he hugs you, it's because he wants to hug you in that moment. Or when he smiles, he doesn't fake smile for pictures. He smiles because he's happy and, and laughing. And the other two will give you a fake little grin for the pictures we do. <laughs> so, so, you know, it, it, it's so much fun meeting him. He's my big baby. I, I've never had a baby of my own. But Gavin, I tell her all the time, I, I hold him in my arms and rock him and play with him and goo goo gaga with him, just like he's my big baby. Oh, I love that. I love the walking angel reference. I definitely think divine intervention is at play, whether it's just the kids um, being provided to us to care for and then, you know, meeting, meeting our spouses. Um, so I say that all the time. Josh is definitely divine intervention to me, right? <laughs> um, I, I was, I was adamant that I did not want to date anybody with kids. Um, I hadn't been married. I didn't have any children of my own um, yet, but I had just kind of made up my mind. I don't, I don't want to do this. And we had a mutual friend that introduced us. I was very hesitant. And then I can remember Lori sent me a note. I think it was through Facebook. And I remember laying on the couch with my dog and reading the note. And it might've been four or five sentences. And halfway through, I sat up, I felt something, and I just knew something was different. And so I'm like, yeah, I need to meet her. And so we started talking, and, and I almost don't even remember. I know there was maybe two months before I met the kids. At least, yeah. But, but I don't even feel like there was any time in between there. Um, and I remember meeting Skylar for the first time, and I, he just took me downstairs and led me to all of his toys and he wasn't really interested in any, in anything in particular but we were just there and i just met him where he was and and we just did our thing um and i can remember shortly thereafter there was a, in our town there was a tremendous amount of construction uh through downtown and to get across the river from louisville where i was to indiana where Lori and the kids were <laughs> it took forever what was normally a 15 minute drive probably took 45 to 50 minutes and I hate traffic. <laughs> and I remember sitting in the middle of that bridge, bumper to bumper, thinking, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> but the immediate following thought was, I'm in love with all of them. I'm done. This is it. She's the one. And we were engaged almost, well, about 11 months after we met, married another year later and um I, I i couldn't imagine it any other way but you know brad you talked about your experience with special needs children i i told this story to Lori maybe a, a year ago she she didn't know it no, nobody knew it and i don't know if a, a vision is the right word or maybe it's just thoughts just dreams whatever but my entire life i had had it placed on my heart and my head that I was going to have a child with special needs. I just, I just knew it. I, I could see the, I could, I could be out in the front yard and I could see people across the street throwing a baseball with their son. And my view was just different. We weren't doing that, but, but we had this amazing relationship. And so I just, I just knew. It was the right place. And I think when 
when I told that story to Lori about a year or so ago, she just looked at me like during the head, like, like holy. <laughs> I guess we can cuss on this. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> really? And I'm like, yeah, that's just what I've always, always known it was going to be. So um, this is, this is the right spot. Wouldn't have it any other place. It's just funny because I feel like we on so many levels kind of thick, fill in where the other lacks. Like I am openly admitted numerous times. I, my patience is very thin. I, I just, I have a horrible temper, which I inherited from my father. Um, my lack of patience, I inherited from my father. So, but it's just like you guys said earlier, Josh can say something to Skylar in a different tone or a different way. And he does it. I, you know, if I yell or whatever, he doesn't respond because he doesn't respond to that. And I know that, but if I didn't have Josh, his calm, you know, temperament and his patience, I, I don't know how I would have made it this far <laughs> with the kids. Uh, we're, I feel like we're a mirror image of one another because like, and I don't know if it's where I never really get away from it because it's my my professional life too. So like I'll go to work and have a kiddo that's screaming for eight hours while we're at work. And then I come home and Gavin's tripping out and I just lose it. Like I'm like, mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely lose it. And then I just kind of have to go disconnect and Brad handles it because at that point, I, I'm, my judgment is now clouded and I just want to yell at everybody. Yeah. God bless you, Jamie. <laughs> 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 to, 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 to be able to do it professionally and come home to you know a similar situation in a sense what what you feel the gratitude you feel when others help you that's magnified 10 times coming back to you because of how you help others at school and i think that's I hope you know that and feel that every single day. Both of my sisters, when I decided to go into special education, they were like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, because at this point, Gavin was, Gavin was little and, and it was way more difficult then than it is now. And they're like, no, no, don't like, don't do that to yourself. There's no way you're going to be able to, to handle that. And there has been some really rough, um, you know, patches, but I couldn't, like, I don't know. I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I left special ed for one year and taught general ed, and I will never go back, ever. Yeah. Like, to manage general ed kids that, there's a reason why my kids act and do the things they do. There's not a reason sometimes why general ed kids do what they do. <laughs> no, it's I can't do this. Like, no, like I need a reason and I need to know like the process of why you were going, you know, bonkers at school or not following the rules or cussing me out or something's not going on right at home. So it makes it a lot more difficult. I couldn't imagine myself teaching anything other than special ed. Mm -hmm. Well, from a, from a coaching perspective, Brad, I know you mentioned that you coach on the boys on their sports um, teams. And what is, what is that like, you know, with having Gavin, does he tag along to some of those things? Does he enjoy going to their sporting events? Um, 
you know, are you able to carve out time just you and Gavin to do other things? Because, you know, I, I don't have two of the same gender, so I can't imagine three, um, you know, two very active sons and then, you know, how Gavin feels. Yeah, so, so I'll be honest with you, it's an absolute balancing act where, where some days um, you want to leave Gavin at home because you want to you give Jaden and Kenan the time they deserve as well. Mm -hmm. Gavin's, Gavin consumes a lot of our time uh, at home during extracurriculars, and, and it's nice to just have Jaden and I or Kenan and I or us three go out and outfield and throw some baseballs or, or – um, or shoot some basketball but you know there's times that Gavin we don't want we, he loves to be outside he loves to be outside he loves to what we live in a community which is second to none we live in a community where Gavin walks up to all the moms sits on their laps <laughs> they know he loves to high five they'll high five him, and he and he just loves being outside and enjoying enjoying life um you know, Jamie keeps saying, like, I couldn't do it without Brad. I couldn't imagine doing it without her. We do, we do so much of dividing and conquering that, that we've truly put the definition behind it where, you know, I, I, I'll be on the baseball field coaching and, and I hear Gavin over there kind of tripping out, whether he's cold, hungry, or, or just the littlest thing might have ticked him off. And, and I look over and, and Jamie has to miss Jaden's at bat because Gavin's upset or, or – um needs to hurry up and change Gavin's diaper because he just had a blowout mm -hmm. well so she'll miss some of the game and and then sometimes she'll walk him over to the fence and I'll play with him at the fence while the while the game or practice is going on but but what we try to do and and I think you all would understand this and or anybody with a special needs kid is we do everything possible to live a normal life mm -hmm. now that, that that comes with its challenges and and I'm, I'm sure our normal is a lot different than than other normal but we our kids do not miss anything if they want to play basketball they play basketball if they want to play baseball they play baseball if they want to play football they play football if they want to go over to friend's house or have friends over they have friends over and they go over to friend's house and and we make slight modifications to make it work for gavin and to include gavin um but you know cold days gavin's not going to sit out there during a cold day so we, we try to get a babysitter so both of us can be there or or we we lug him in the car, leave him in the car with heater while the game's going on and go give him his toys and, or put, put his favorite Mickey Mouse episode on and, and, and let him hang out. You, you know, the one thing that I think that Jamie and I work very hard to do it and probably come up short in some areas is, you know, we always find time for Jaden and Kanan. We, we always find an opportunity to go outside and pass baseball, shoot basketball, um, to do some type of activity with them. But we try to find time for Gavin, uh, whether it's uh, what is it, Mickey Mouse on Ice, or yeah. or or, <laughs> or something to show to take him to, or or something kind of fun for him to do, you know, Gavin's. I I think the the most special thing we probably do for Gavin is the weekends that the boy, the Jaden and Kenny go to their dads, and Gavin's at home with us. So it's just the three of us. Where you know it's all about Gavin. Whatever Gavin wants to do, Gavin gets to do, and it, and. It doesn't have to share the time with his other two brothers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that you guys, you know, maintain normalcy for the whole family. That's something that Josh and I, you know, talked about from the very beginning. And, and you know, one of the examples I, I said to him is I hadn't been able to go to church for years because there was no possible way to leave. Um, when I got divorced, Kendall was three and Skylar was five. So there was no possible way to leave 
my little girl in the pew by herself if I had to run to the bathroom and change Skylar's pull-up, you know, and things like that. And he doesn't sit still at all. So having him sit in the pew next to me was next to impossible. <laughs> it just made for a miserable time. And so, you know, when Josh, Josh is also very spiritual. And when he joined the family, um, that was a priority. We made sure that we went to church as a family and it just meant so much to me. He's all, even now he's willing to sit out in the lobby part of church with Skylar and his stroller in case he needs to run to the bathroom or something like that. And then I go in with Kendall by myself and actually sit in the pew and attend the mass, you know, or we flip flop if we need to, it's just things like that. And we never leave him out. You know, if Kendall has a dance recital or a dance competition or something, Josh is like, yeah, just tell me what time frame she performs and Skylar and I'll roll in and watch her. And so that she knows that Josh is there for her and her brother's there for her. And he doesn't make any big deal about having to run to the bathroom as soon as she finishes dancing to change a pull up. And um, I think from my side of things and Jamie, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel so guilty. I know he tells me not to, but if I do take Kendall to the dance competition and I'm with her all weekend doing those things and Josh does have to change all the pull-ups and all of, all of that stuff, I feel so guilty that he's doing it all and that I'm not. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, um, our, our roles are a little reversed because of, the, you know, us having boys. So it's, I tend to, stay home more um at first when all this kind of first started the boys started getting into sports um i tried to go to everything i tried to go to all the practices and i would drag gavin here and it would just make for a miserable time for everybody so with you know just learning and through experience um i've kind of had to come to terms with i don't need to be at everything i just need to be at the important stuff and so it's not important for me to go to a practice, but it's important for me to go to a game. Yep. So I've kind of tried to pull back some and I feel guilty for that because I feel like I'm like, I'm not meeting the expectations that the boys have set for me. Um, but it makes, you know, it makes for a much more enjoyable evening if I'm not pulling Gavin here and there and everywhere. Because, he, you know, he likes his, he likes his downtime and he likes to be in his space. Um, it, it, the biggest, the biggest thing that we learned was from all this is probably don't really set expectations and <laughs> drive separate cars. <laughs> yeah, we do that too. We have to because the stroller's so big. You know, so like, I mean, we literally would try to, you know, here Jaden plays football and in the area that we live, youth football little, you know, is insanely competitive. It's every single day. It's from June to November and it's long two and a half, three hour practices. And I was trying to go do all that and try to take Gavin and you know, we were driving the same car and we're like, this is not working. This is a nightmare and this is just not working. So that's kind of, we've just decided, like, we have no expectations in anything that we set to do. We hope for the best. We pack our whole house and we drive separate cars. <laughs> Are you guys the same with, um, like, social outings and things? Do you go to restaurants as a family? Um, and all oh, Lord. Well, honestly, Gavin's not, the, <laughs> Gavin's not the problem nope. at the restaurants. It's the other two. Yep. 
<laughs> they, like, <laughs> they act like wild animals. Um, so, you know, what we do, like, we're much more like, let's order in and watch a movie. Um, it's, it, it's definitely not an easy process when you take that because, you know, Gavin likes to grab everything. And then when he's mm-hmm. done with it, he just tosses it regardless of where he tosses it at or who it's towards. Um, and it's not always family members that it's towards. So, <laughs> you know, you just never know. Um, we do, like, we go to a lot of um, more like ball games and outside events. Like, Gavin goes to all the boys' friends' birthday parties. And, um, you know, there's been lots of times that we've, like, they've had sleepovers and we'll be missing a kid and go up there and they're, like, hanging out with Gavin and Gavin. Room. So we're we're really... Because that was my biggest fear when I moved up here. Because my own, the only people that ever knew Gavin, I was leaving. So I was moving into a community where no one knew Gavin, mm-hmm. which was terrifying. The other two, you know, they can pretty much stand for themselves. But I had to make sure that Gavin was in a environment that was accepting or, you know, I don't know. Just all the fears that could uh-huh. run through your mind, ran through my mind. And it was just... I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it was so weird how everything worked out and lined up. Like the first scrimmage when Jaden was six years old playing football, they came to me and was like, we don't know if, if this is okay, but we really want Gavin to be the captain every homecoming or we Aww. want, you know, we want, we've like, we're going to let Gavin run a touchdown. Like it was such a big deal. Like our local news channel came out and, and like ran a story on him. Um, it's it's just been a blessing to to move somewhere and be so accepted, I guess. So that's made it very that's made it a lot easier to do these public outings and stuff because we live in such a small town that almost always when you go somewhere you're going to see someone you know, mm-hmm. and it's you know like it's okay if we go somewhere and Gavin starts screaming and one of us have to get out real quick because people know Gavin's Gavin and that may happen. I, th- I think with a lot of the outings and, and trying to, you know, go over to our friend's house or, or mutual friends and hanging out, Gavin is very schedule oriented and he, he, he likes to go to bed at a certain time. He, he likes to eat at a certain time. He, if he doesn't, he needs to take a nap at a certain time. And as long as we operate within the, his schedules parameters, I don't think we'd be hesitant to take him anywhere, any place, any time around here. Um, now, once we start operating outside of that schedule, then then we are we know going into it, this could be a rough ride. Yeah, I mean, we're asking for it though. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, he, like we're asking for it. He he, we know his expectations for the day. And when we go outside of his expectations, then that's on us. I mean, we know what, what we're asking for. So, again, we always drive separate cars because, you know, if we're at a friend's house, Jaden and Kanan aren't ready to leave, and Brad's hanging out drinking a beer out back, and I'm like, I'm leaving. I'm taking, you know, I've done my two hours. Me and Gavin's going home. Um, yeah. So, it's, it's just, though, you know, it's we work off Gavin's schedule. It's Gavin's world, and we're just leaving here. So. <laughs> You know, I mean, we, we totally work off of what, how he's feeling that day. I mean, if he slept well last night, then, 
we can probably push him and do a little bit more. But if he didn't, you better not plan anything. <laughs> I think there's a couple things that you've both said in this conversation, um, talking about you've got a great neighborhood that supports you. You've got a great community that supports you. Uh, the other parents on the baseball team um, that are so welcoming. I, I love to hear that, to, to know that the community is, is so welcoming and so involved and, and so open. On the flip side, and, and I'll kind of take this to a little bit different direction in, in a second after you all answer, but do you ever just really feel alone in the world? Because the situation that, that you're in may be just different or unique? A hundred percent. Like, um, you know, and I think Brad may feel a little bit different because he, and I don't even know, like, I don't want to say his heart's a little bit more pure, but I'm, I guess I'm a little, I have more of a negative outlook sometimes just because it's been a rough road, you know, like this has been 12 years for me. So it's, it's been a rough, rough road at, at patches in his life. Um, so I just give you, you know, an example, like Gavin was having a really hard couple weeks and I just like, I had posted something on Facebook, just like um, a quote or something that it was just my outlet. Like I wasn't asking for sympathy. I wasn't asking for anything. It was just my outlet at that time. And I had a friend that also has a son that's on the spectrum, but very high functioning, um, you know, is playing baseball with Jaden. And she made a comment just like she could relate to me. And I literally you lost it. <laughs> like I had texted another friend of mine. I was like, I need you to talk me down because I'm getting ready to like, I'm getting ready to lose it on her. Like her little boy is playing baseball. Don't tell me, don't tell me you can relate to me. Um, so I, you know, I just had a hard, at that point I had a hard time because I didn't know how to respond to that. Mm -hmm. Um, because I didn't feel like, I don't feel like anybody can really relate. I mean, even autism is such a broad yeah. spectrum. And that, you know, I, I don't know, like it, it just hit me the wrong way, I guess, because yeah. I was thinking I would give anything for Gavin to be able to do that. Yeah, I think that and, and, and the turn of that, too, is we feel guilty then. Like, not only do we feel angry and frustrated when people say things like that, even if they're just trying to help and they say, you know, gosh, I, I can imagine, you know, I, I think I understand how bad it is for you or whatever. And it makes us frustrated and angry. And then we feel guilty for having that reaction. Like, oh, yeah. man, I'm a horrible person because my friend was just trying to relate to me. And now, you know, now, yeah. now I feel like a jerk. And, you know, it's funny because with this whole, um, we're currently taping during this, uh, COVID-19, um, debacle where we're all quarantined. And, um, I just said to, to Josh the other day, because we had Skylar home this entire week, um, and I totally understand. I am not in any way, shape, or form con condemning the, um, the ABA center for, for closing. They have to, and I get that. Um, but the, the fear in both of us starting on Monday was pretty, pretty evident because we are like, how are we going to do this all day long? We both still have jobs. We have to 
you know, meetings on the virtual side that we have to do and all this stuff. We were just extremely frustrated. And then, you know, just you see posts and different things on social media about people saying, you know, all these negative things about homeschooling and, you know, gosh, my kids, if they say one more word, I'm going to lose it. Like, I'm just exhausted from them. They just should go play or whatever. And I just get so frustrated. And again, I feel guilty for it. But I would give anything for Skyler to go and independently play in his room. Yeah. Do something that I don't have to watch him every second. Yeah. Banging on walls and just literally making me lose my mind and not sleeping. And then we're up till three in the morning and we start all over again the next day, the same stuff. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, oh my gosh, I lose it. I, that's when I feel the most alone. <laughs> it, hits, it hits me the wrong way sometimes, even when I know it's coming from a loving place from people. I, I'm just, you know, again, like I think Brad would have looked at the more positive side of that where I'm instantly go into like, anger mode <laughs> yep but, but but i tell you Lori, i think that's what's amazing about what you're doing with this podcast is is you're showing a light to to all families and and all families have certain situations they're dealing with all, all families that, that have kids have certain issues problems blessings that that they experience every day in their life and and some may be bigger to others and, and it's all perspective but you know in some sense this podcast could show a blessing to both of those families it could show a bless it could show how blessed we are how blessed we are for the kids that we have and and for gavin and, and for what he teaches us on a daily basis and and for for the appreciation of life that that he allows us to kind of gain but then the family that has kids that that don't have special needs or or autism and the issues that they see present, they could look at it as a blessing that, you know, there are other things that I could be experiencing with my kids. Yeah. You know, that I, I just think that the outlook that, that, that you perceive from, from something like this podcast is, is, is awesome. Thanks. I hope that, that people get that message and that there are people listening that don't have children on the spectrum or other special needs so that they can see a little window into our world and, you know, maybe it'll, it'll help me get a better perspective of the things that they're dealing with, um, you know, too. So you're right. And I think that's what's so cool from our perspective is, and Brad, our, our friendship, th th that means so much to me because for the very first time, you guys, well, you and I have talked about this, uh, I don't know, maybe three or four times, kind of our, our situations and our similarities. And for the very first time ever, when you say or I say, yeah, I understand, like, I, I, I get you. Unlike that one parent, Jamie, that, that made the comment to you with their child on the baseball field, and you're like, no, girl, you don't get it. No. But when, 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 when I talk to Brad or, you know, here in this situation, hearing you, Jamie, I'm like, I do get it. And you yeah. guys get it. And this is one of those times where, I don't feel alone and it is the coolest thing in the world not to know that there's others that you know have the same struggle but mm -hmm. more so that get to do the same things and have the same blessings yeah. um kind of the perspective Brad was taking you know this well, it, was, it was funny because after he met you he calls me and he was almost like giddy you know like <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I was the same with Lori you know what I mean? like, 
holy cow, like you'll never met or you'll never guess who I met and his story. And like, it's the same as ours. And I was like, oh, okay. Cause at this point I'm like, I have no idea who you're talking about. Like, <laughs> so cool. <laughs> so I've got, I'm a very social person. I've got lots of buddies that, that I can go over to on the weekend, go have a drink with, but I've never had these conversations with them. And, and I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's me. I don't want someone to have pity for me for what, what I have. I, I don't, I don't think that anybody should have pity for me for the life that I have. Um, and, 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 or I don't know if they just might not get it. You know, some of the, like Josh and I've spoken on, on many occasions of, you know, yeah, last night we had an hour of sleep and, mm -hmm. and, and maybe an hour of sleep because Gavin <laughs> or Skylar were having a bad night. But we were still up the next morning. We were still up doing our job, and, and we didn't let that project on our, our life. You know, our, our life is our life. And, and I, I just don't know if some might understand that or, or, or the level that they might try to, 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 to kind of put that on with, like, an infant or, or something. They might try to relate the best they can. But, but I think Josh and I both know we appreciate it. But I don't think unless you're there, you can relate fully. So it, it's really nice for me to have someone that, I can call and say, oh, my gosh, Gavin wet the bed again last night at 2 a.m. I had to get up and change the sheets and wash the sheets. And, and he looks at me and goes, I hear you, brother. We did, too. So, you know, it's just, it's just nice. We should just start texting you at 3 a.m. going, you guys up? Yeah, should have FaceTime. <laughs> Word is knee deep in pee. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you guys, just in talking to Brad a few times and – um and the things I've heard from Josh about you guys, I feel like your sense of humor is similar to ours. I mean, we're very sarcastic, but we make jokes about everything. Because if we didn't, I think we would be miserable to be around and just miserable with each other. And if we complained about bedwetting all night long and, you know, things like that, it just would be a miserable home for Kendall too, you know? So we laugh about everything because it is kind of funny. I mean, we, we have an almost 17 year old who is pretty much wetting his pull up on a nightly basis a couple of times if not you know once and we're giving him a bath and changing the sheets at two in the morning and we all just go back to bed and it's just our normal routine mm -hmm. so we just kind of giggle listen i think the pee and the poo that we've dealt with <laughs> is such a blessing because it's us to wash our hands and what a better time to wash your hands than now right. <laughs> so what are some of the you know gavin being 12 um is he still in a pull-up full-time or is are there part is he partly potty trained or no. so at school they'll put him on a schedule um yeah and this is like kind of where i like i'll be sitting in an iep meeting and i'll look at my parents and i'm like listen i get i get your life like the things i'm preaching for you to do i don't always do at home <laughs> um yeah. so like at school they do put him on a schedule and he has like you know use the bathroom in the commode and things at school but our lifestyle at home does not warrant us to sit him on the commode for 30 minutes three or four times in the evening, especially during, you know, baseball or football season. Like we're just not home. So, you know, that's something that I probably should try harder on, but I just kind of came to the realization that I'll just change a pull up forever. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, and two, like where he's completely nonverbal, I don't know cognitively what he is understanding like i there yep. is no doubt in my mind that he is understanding certain things because of his different reactions to certain things 
but I don't know if we're at the point where he is relating cognitively when I sit on the commode, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like that mm-hmm. cause and effect thing. I'm not sure we're there. Um, and for school, they have a lot more hands on deck that can do that type of schedule. We really don't. Um, so he's fully, you know, he, he is in a pull up all the time. Um, the day time isn't too bad about him. Like, peeing out and stuff like that but dear lord throughout the night I think he just holds it on purpose like that's what we think so <laughs> like, just, funny I mean I'm it's, a, it's <laughs> so much you're urine it's, it's unbelievable oh <laughs> and I'm like you're like your little belly is tiny Gavin is tiny <laughs> I'm like where where is this coming from I don't understand like we had uh-huh. to go, like we went through a mattress to the point where we were like, it's gotta go. Like there's no we we can't keep this mattress in our house anymore. So then we went and bought a new mattress and invested in a really nice um mattress cover. So that's been mm-hmm. a lot, you know, that's been life saving. But I just don't know where it comes from. Like we've even tried not to like, give him a lot to drink in at night. Yeah. Um, well and then like he loves to take a bath. Like that's probably his favorite thing in the entire world. But he also mm-hmm. drinks the bathtub. Oh, so, like he will literally drink, like he likes the water. So we'll leave the water like dripping because he likes the noise and the sound of it. So he'll, we'll walk in there and he's laying on his back with his mouth open, letting the water drip in his mouth. Oh, so that in return has made the bed wetting even worse. So now we're like, you little heather, you're not going to take a bath anymore. We'll just shower you and get you out real quick. <laughs> Your bath's at like noon. Well, then, <laughs> You know, he gets ticked off about that and starts screaming when you don't let him stay in the shower for two hours. Yeah. Dear Lord. You know, like, I don't know what you do. I really, we've even been doubling up on pull-ups and it still don't help. Yeah. Oh, believe me. We have that. We had that triple wrap situation going on. Pull-up, diaper, waterproof pants, then his pajama pants, and he would go through all of it. (laughs) Holy and it's yeah. unbelievable. So if he's, um, so he's nonverbal, um, do, can he do a lot of those things uh, independently, like his bath and his shower and some of that? Or do, do you guys nah. not need to help so, him with everything? Yeah, he is completely dependent upon. Okay. Um, now, like I'll, the way, you know, if he's in the bathtub, um, I'll leave the door open and I can kind of navigate closely, you know, so he's, and he, I mean, I don't really, Gavin is pretty self-sufficient when it comes to like just navigating throughout the house and stuff. Um, any type of self-care we have to do, you know, like we have to brush his teeth, we have to put his clothes on, um, put deodorant yeah, on his stinky teenage arms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's been a huge like. He was laying in a bed with us a couple of months ago, and Brad was like. Oh my gosh, Jamie, he stinks. I was like, he does not. He's a baby. And he and then I'm sitting here thinking, chronologically, he's not a baby anymore. You no. know, he's not a baby. Like he has to wear deodorant or he stinks. <laughs> so, you know, that's been a learning curve for us. And then, you know, finding new stuff when you change his diaper, that's been a yeah. learning. That's been a <laughs> learning curve. You guys are just in the just in the entrance of puberty. Skylar will be seventeen like, next week, and it's Brad that's a whole nother ball yeah. game. Brad thinks yeah. it's the best thing in the world, and I'm like, no, he's still a baby. But yeah, it's just like you know. But when we're home, 
like if we're just lounging and he doesn't have to do anything, then he pretty much just roams around and he only really goes to the areas of where his item, like his toys and stuff are. Now we had, we did have to put special locks on like the bathrooms because he loves water and he floods everything. If there's a sink that he can reach, he turns it on and plays in the sink. Mm -hmm. um, so that has probably been, you know, a challenge just because we had to make sure we found locks that kept Gavin out, but could let the other two in. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it, it yep. couldn't be like super difficult because then Jamie and Katie couldn't get into the bathrooms. So, um, but he, I mean, like he goes up and down our stairs fairly easy, you know, in, and independent. Um, if we don't hear any noise for a little while, you know, we might go check just to make sure yeah. that he hasn't done anything. But for the most part, when he's, if he's in a good mood and we're home not doing anything, he just kind of minds his business and he'll stay in his room and play. Or then if he knows we're downstairs, he'll kind of migrate down here a little bit. He does tend to stay away from Jaden and Kanan a lot just because they're loud. And, <laughs> you know, like, especially Kanan. I think he likes Jaden more than he likes Kanan. But Kanan's in that, like, super, you know, on the go seven year old that's loud and running around and doing flips in the house. And he, Gavin, don't have time for that. That's not, that's not on Gavin's to do list to deal with Kanan. So, um, what does Gavin do when he, um, is uncomfortable like how does he communicate those things oh, to you does he hit oh, or bang or self-injury that kind of thing yeah he screams and um just cries a lot now there he's always bit himself on the hand it's always the oh. same hand it's always the same place and now he's caught me a few times so i know it hurts i have no idea how that does not hurt him almost to the point where that spot on his hand has kind of turned black to leather um he's always done that from the get-go but now here recently, he has been kind of like hitting himself in the back of the head. And that's something new. We, that is something very new. Um, but he only does that when he's screaming. Like, so it's when he's really escalated to a point of kind of no return. Um, he kind of will start hitting himself in the back of the head. And so I'm hoping that's not like a, you know, a window of all these new things that are going to start happening. but that is definitely the newest behavior that he's kind of exhibited here lately. You know, Gavin, Gavin will accidentally hurt you. He's, he's, right. he, he, he doesn't come to you with the, with the sense of, Oh, I'm ready to bite you or, yeah. or he'll, he'll get kind of over sensory overload with, with it. And, and honestly, <laughs> I would say most of it's my fault because you know, I play with Gavin. We goof around and wrestle around and and snuggle up in bed and and I'll kind of get him to a sensory overload moment where he doesn't scream, but he needs to kind of let loose and and he'll and if his hand isn't real uh, real close by, he'll look for something to bite. And and he has he, he's got he's gotten a hold of us a few times. Um, he, he when he holds your hand, he, he doesn't just leave his hand in one spot he kind of wants to move his fingers a lot so he'll he'll dig his fingernails into your hand yeah. while you while you hold his hand so you got to make sure his fingernails are clipped or he will <laughs> yeah. call you like no other yeah. and not me Tyler does like, the same thing that is so interesting he is not a um, he has never been like harmful to others uh, and anytime that he bites you you've, you've asked for it yeah. just because you've either 
you're either intervening so that he is not biting himself. So he, if he can't get to himself, he's going to bite you or Brad and all three of the boys are up there like doing rock bottoms on my bed <laughs> and, they, and he's rared enough. So he's asked for it. Like, and I'm like, you all, they all three know, they all three know once you rare him up, it, it, it's not like a, just a light switch where you can turn on, turn off. So, you know, Jaden Kane will do the same thing. And then here Gavin's chasing them, you know, with his <laughs> hand in his mouth ready to get them. And I'm like, oh, like yeah. you know, and he is in the strength. Like Gavin will oh, get yeah. up behind Kanan and almost take Kanan to his knees sometimes because he is just so strong. Like the mm. strength that he has in his grasp is crazy. So All that PT was working. Must yeah, be. I mean, so it, it's it's crazy that, um, but yeah, they if he hurts you, you've asked for it. So maybe instead of the rock bottom, Brad, you should just do the people's elbow. Maybe yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm have to stick to something that stays further away. Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it always seems like it shouldn't, but it takes sometimes um, a major health scare or a, a crisis to make us really reflect on just our family and on and the amazing um you know partnership that we have and if you guys don't mind talking about it i mean i know brad just went through a really scary health situation um and i can't even i i told josh every day when we would see the update posting um i i cannot imagine what was going through your mind jamie and brad also your mind obviously of, of just when you got to the the dire points where we just didn't know if you were going to recover and uh, I, I i just oh my gosh i can't imagine what you guys were going through so what started out you know as a um great like couples trip to jamaica and like the time that we just kind of get to reset and recharge for us turned into an absolute nightmare um so by the time we got home and we and we got you know brad in to the hospital and stuff he was there nine days and now understand that like the boys are with us every single day except four days a month so brad is used to they're used to brad being their constant and he's used to them being you know here so he was in the hospital for nine days and we had already been out of the country four days prior and, and on top of that i was at a new training oh, for, yeah. for, for a new product we were launching. so you're looking at you know, Brad was out of town Wednesday through Friday on a training. Then we were in Jamaica Friday through Tuesday. So all that time on top of the nine days. And when we get there, it, you know, and everything just kind of happened so rapidly. And, you know, being a couple of days where he had kind of gotten so low that, you know, he was having some really difficult conversations with myself and his family that and at this point the boys couldn't come see him like you couldn't even come in without pretty much like a hazmat suit on um so the boys weren't allowed to come and you know i think he had a very difficult time not only dealing with what was going on medically and him not feeling good but he had never been away from the boys that long and they had never been away from him and you know, Jaden really didn't know what was going on. So he just kind of stayed quiet. Kanan was an emotional wreck because he just didn't understand. Like, why can't, why can't we come home? Why can't he come to his house? Like, this is their house. And um, so it was just, it was a very scary, 
I mean, I honestly can't even hardly put it into words because every single time a doctor would come in and they would just tell us the same thing about not really knowing. And, and then you're looking at a 30 year old that they're putting on dialysis and, and he's not even able to form words at this point. And I, I truly, I don't know, like that was the most terrifying. It really just puts life into perspective, I think. Yep. Because it really, you, here we were, like, gung-ho, we're going on this great trip with all of our friends, and never in a million years did we think when we boarded a plane to go to Jamaica on a, you know, a friend's weekend, that we were coming home to the, you know, to this. And there's no way to mentally prepare yourself for that, and to watch him, you know, he he's the strong one of our group like to be so weak and not and not know um brad did they say did you guys ever end up finding out what it was was it a flu that just got bad or i mean did you have covid before covid was a thing (laughs) (laughs) so so the official diagnosis was flu a um the, the flu a sent me into full uh renal failure um uh, my my liver was shutting down uh, i spiked temperatures throughout the process i had trouble breathing throughout the process my heart rate and blood pressure my heart rate would dip my blood pressure would go sky right and and you know it was it was a scary time like she said i'm sitting in the hospital several days in the hospital we thought could be my last and, and the only thing i'm thinking in the back of my head were you know i've got to see my kids like Mm-hmm. Like, like you don't, you don't just die in the hospital without at least saying bye to your kids. And, and, you know, it's so sad that something as serious as that happens and, and it helps you put things in perspective, uh-huh. but, but you know, th- th- you know, that I would have loved to have changed Gavin's diaper at 2 a.m. at that time. I uh-huh. would have. I would have loved for Gavin to bite my arm, let snuggle up in bed at that time. And the things that, you know, we, we talk about throughout this podcast where, where, you know, it, it's a struggle. It's a, you know, it, it takes a little bit of time of our day. We, we restructure our day. You know, those things become blessings as, as you sit in the hospital and, and the, the, you know, thank God for technology where we had some FaceTime opportunities, but, you know, even our FaceTimes, we had to, kind of kind of be careful. I didn't want to see the boys see my di- dialysis port. I didn't want them to see tubes coming in and out of my body. You know, we would just wanted them to see my face. And, and I would try to put my glasses on and kind of comb my hair to the side to make it look like Braddy was okay. And, and, you know, so what we told the boys were, I had the man flu. <laughs> so we tried, to make, <laughs> we tried to make it a joke to make them as comfortable as possible. You know, Braddy just had the man flu. And they told everybody. And that became, <laughs> that became a consistence. Uh, I would get texts, hey, how's the man flu going? But, you know, I, you know, we were blessed. We were blessed to come out of it. Um, the day that I got out of the hospital, I believe it was the day. It might have been the day after. What, what day did we see the kids? The day after. The, the day after I came out of the hospital, I was very weak um josh josh and i probably spoke that day he, he checked on on me throughout the entire process and and they came in and, and there's a, a pretty sweet picture that jamie took where all the boys are snuggled up with me in bed and yep. and it, it really captured a moment of 
okay, that, that, that we missed this and things are getting back to normal. And, and this, this is what matters. This is, this is what's going to help me get better. Not the tubes, the dialysis, you know, my kids right here and the prayers coming in, that's what's going to get me to the finish line. Yeah, I mean, in, in, in light of what we're going through right now with the, the quarantines and the, you know, everyone being forced at home, I, although the schooling part is is a challenge, I would much rather have everybody safe under my roof, um, all of us as a family, and figuring out, getting back to what makes us happy as a family, playing games, doing all of those things. It's mm -hmm. forcing us, I mean, it's a worldwide forced to stay home and to enjoy your family and get back to a family unit again and not mm -hmm. running around to five practices a week, you know, and all the, the coming and going that we do and we just run ourselves ragged. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it pretty much takes someone to force me to sit still. So yeah. that's the blessing and the silver lining, I think, to this whole debacle is that we're, we all have to reevaluate our families and our situations and what our blessings are. I, I could not agree anymore. I mean, th this quarantine going on, there's a lot of bad in the world there, and, and there's a lot of uncertainty in the world. But, but the one thing that I think Jamie and I are most certain is, you know, it's not going to bring us down. We're, we're going to get our guess who games in the evening. Um, you know, I'm not a teacher. J Jamie's the teacher. I can talk about migraines, but I can't teach them the science and social study aspects. So, so I'm the PE teacher at home. <laughs> I get, I get to play the basketball and the horse and, and the guests who, and, and, and those activities. And yeah. As he's supposed to be down here working on like a math sheet, <laughs> I hear balls bouncing. And I'm like, what are you doing? Which well, gym? I'm teaching time. a math. It was gym How many time. times did that ball bounce? Yeah. No, like, yeah. And then they're playing dodgeball at my house. Like, oh. <laughs> This is yeah, like I'm loving. You can dodge a wrench. You can dodge a ball, Jamie. Listen, I'm loving all this family time, but this is gonna need this is gonna need to wrap up real soon. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. But Bert, you guys Bert, are. The one is, but he's the one that gets them all started. He's the worst. Well, he's bratty, and that's just that's just how it goes, right? Yep. Well, you guys are an amazing couple, an amazing family, and, and you have such a great story. And I'm just so blessed to know another uh, uh, wonderful man who uh, stepped up and, and joined a family with a special needs child willingly and loves every minute of it, even the bedwetting and all of the stuff that goes along with it. Josh has a new best friend in life uh, to compare notes to. So I, I'm so appreciative of you guys. and for taking the time out of your your one-on-one -on -one day, just the two of you to, to talk to us on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Well, go ahead. I'm sorry, Jamie. I said, it's been fun. We're going to have to plan to meet in real life. <laughs> I know. I feel like I know both of you anyway, just from talking on the phone and seeing you on Facebook all the time, but <laughs> it definitely, we definitely need to meet up. And um, while the guys play golf, maybe we, you and I can do something. So <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Perfect. Well, thanks again. I really appreciate it and um, enjoy your day today. Thank you too. You. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast 
within Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Play, so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Skylife with others. Thanks again for listening.